Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Hey, how about you, everybody? Welcome to the Monday edition of Inside the 20 with myself and Keith Neighbor. We will do our absolute best to get the most recruiting intel to you inside the 20 minute mark. Today, we've got a special guest, Keith. Yeah, we have a lot of them lately, but we uh, have. Yeah, some of them uh, behind the scenes people who can really peel back that curtain and and give us real insight into what's going on within the Auburn program. We think that's important to the listeners. I, I think I think they provide some of the best insight uh, oh, that really goes on behind the recruiting scene. We're going to get to just a minute. Uh, real quick, guys, I know you were looking for a new or used car. Look no further than Caleb Schofield, 334-531-0996, Caleb Schofield. There with Mike Patton Auto in LaGrange, Georgia. New or used cars, he can do it all. Good Auburn man, give him a call, 334-531-0996. Keith, let's bring in our special guest today. All righty. Miss Kennedy Harvey. Hi, guys. How are we doing? Doing well, Kennedy. Thanks so much for joining us. Kennedy, as most of you know, is Assistant Athletic Director and Director of Recruiting Ops for Hugh Freeze at Auburn University. One of the first hires Hugh made coming to Auburn. Kennedy, how has uh, the transition been for you? It has been full force. Obviously, we got here and there was a lot to do and very little time to get it done. So uh, we were just rolling through it. Um, it's been amazing, though. I feel like the energy, obviously, I wasn't here before, but I feel like I have sensed this energy shift where everyone around in the community is just excited for something new. They're eager for us to, to see what we're going to be doing with this program and see what we're able to accomplish and, and get Auburn back to what it was. And um, So I think that we had a really great run with with our uh, December recruiting class. And I felt really confident about it, but we definitely haven't slowed down. We know that we are not 
nearly at the place that we need to be yet. And so we're just going to keep our head down, keep grinding and make sure that we get that back to Auburn football um, that everyone is wanting. Kennedy, you are originally from Ontario, Canada, born and raised there, I believe. Yes, sir. And then talk, talk to us through after graduation of high school, how you got to where you are right now. So my dad was a head football coach in my hometown, and I always joke that I'm like uh, the little girl from Remember the Titans, Cheryl Yost, because mm. I loved my dad and I loved being on the football field. And if you were looking for me, that's where you would find me. I was always there with him watching practice. We would get out of school early to go and see all the games. Like I just fell in love with the game of football really early on. So after uh, high school, I went to Carleton University for my first two years of my undergrad, which is in Canada. Um, and I honestly had nothing to do with sports, but um, I knew that something that was comfortable to me, something that felt safe was being around the football um, program. And so I would just go and hang out and watch practice because I missed it. Um, and they didn't, it, it's different in Canada. We had, you know, open practices. You could kind of just waltz on if you wanted to. But um, the head coach came up to me and said, like, what are you doing here? And I was like, and it was in the most like kind way, but just like, why are you always around? And I said, I just love football and, and I miss it and I want to be a part of it. And so he invited me in. He let me watch film with him. Um, really? and there was so many opportunities that came from that. I ended up coaching their junior Ravens football program. Um, he, they were just an amazing group of people, the players, the coaches, just in seeing my potential before I think I even saw it. And then they said, if you're serious about this, you should really consider moving to the States. And I think it was like three months later, um, I was in Texas, in Fort Worth, Texas, finishing out my uh, degree at TCU and working with their football program. Why TCU? Everyone asks me that, and I wish I had a better story, but I don't know. I have no idea. I was, it was just late one night. I wanted to go somewhere that had um, great academics great athletic programs all around. Their basketball team was very successful at the time. Baseball was um, doing really well. And so I didn't know what I would be getting into, but I knew I wanted to be around um, the sport environment. And so I just wanted something that would give me the best opportunity to succeed. And then obviously having Dallas right there, there were so many opportunities, whether it be with the Mavericks, the Stars, the Cowboys, obviously. There was just a lot of um, opportunity there in the sports realm. So you're at TCU, and before you graduate, you do an internship. The Carolina Panthers, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, I, uh, my, um, our director of sports information there, he was the one who actually gave me my first opportunity, Mark Cohen. He had a connection with the Panthers, um, and I was able to go out there and work with them for training camp. It was back when um, the coaches still wanted like newspapers on their desk in the morning. And so we would like wake up at four and go to the grocery store and pick up the pile of newspapers and bring it back. And then we would be you know, doing snack checks at 11 o'clock at night. So it was a very full day. Um, you know, there, there was no, you, your work ethic had to be there or you weren't going to succeed, but it was such an amazing opportunity. Everyone felt like family there and, and you spend so much time together through that, that um, you really do come to know each other and, and grow pretty close. So it was, it was an amazing opportunity. Graduate from TCU with your undergrad, go to the University of San Francisco for sports management. Yes, their master's program is so unique in that you only go to school one night a week. Um, it's designed from 6 to 9 p.m. on Tuesday nights. And because they understand that there's no real education for football. I mean, 
the best experience is going to be firsthand experience and getting out there in the field. And you can't do that if you're in school full time. So um, their program allowed us and encouraged us to work full time um, in a, in the sports field. So I ended up getting an opportunity with USC and was working in their football operations department with Sam Curtis, who now kind of leads the football um, side of things at Teamworks. He's one of the most amazing mentors I've had. Um, and then also I got to work on game days um, with the Chargers. And so that was another unique experience that I kind of had. I was just obviously being from Canada, my visa is limited. And so I was grasping at any opportunity I could just to see, you know, I had, I had a time, I had a time frame on what I went, what I needed to figure out what I wanted to do, where I wanted to be, um, you know, who I wanted to be around. And so I was just grasping every opportunity I possibly could to expand my knowledge of the industry. Okay. And then how do you end up at Liberty? So actually COVID hit, I was uh, transitioning out of USC to another job and COVID happened. I had flown back home to Canada and um, I I then border ended up closing the day after I got home and then there was a hiring freeze. And so the team that was hiring me that it was put on hold, it was definitely a God thing. And I was sitting at home and really had to learn who I was without football because my identity has always been football, whether I was a coach's daughter, whether, you know, I was working for a team, it's always been football for me. And so that was a, that was a year of growth and, and I was still in it. I was still finishing up my master's program online. And then randomly one day I get a call from coach freeze and uh, he said, do you want to interview for a job? I was like, um, I do. But like, how, how'd you get my number? Who, like, who, who connected us? And to this day, I actually don't know who, who connected us. I have a sneaky suspicion of who it was, um, a coach that I've worked with in the past who is an incredible man. Uh, and they're very close. But um, yeah, so I interviewed for the job. And um, I think it happened within 48 hours that I ended up getting um, the assistant director of on-campus recruiting job. And within two weeks, like it was, you know, get a visa and get out there. And, and we started rolling. And I haven't looked back since. I absolutely love working for Coach Freeze. I think he's an incredible man. He cares so much about his staff. You know, a lot of people in this industry will preach family. Um, but you don't see that necessarily on the day to day and understandable. It's a, it's a cutthroat industry and you have to, you have to grind, you have to work really hard, but he does all these little intentional things that just allow our family to have access to us, whether it, it be, you know, having open practices that they're, they're allowed to come whenever they want, or you'll see kids running around the office all the time. And being from Canada, obviously my family's back there. They're the most incredible support system, but I need people here that can be my support system. And so football is the family that you get to choose. And, and I definitely um, experienced that with his staff. So moved up to director of football uh, recruiting ops, I believe they're at Liberty in 2022. Yes. Sir. So, so you come to Auburn. What do you know about Auburn? When, when you're just now getting here like yes so I mean I had known about some of the traditions my dad obviously we grew up watching college football a lot of college football um every single Saturday on the couch and so I've always known when you think of like the teams that are the powerhouses I've always known Auburn to be that um but then the past couple of seasons it, it hasn't been that there has been rumors you know I think with coach freeze there had been rumors all, honestly, both years that I was there that he was going to potentially be heading this direction eventually. So we did a lot of research into where we would be living, where, you know, the the hypotheticals, the sure. like, seeing where your future goes. Because when, when it does come, you have to make a decision so quick. Coach called me at 
um, that Monday, he called me at 4 p.m. He said, do you want to come to Auburn? I said, yes, sir, I do. And he said, okay, the jet leaves at 6 p.m. Get on it. I was like, sure, let me just, yeah, I'll be there. And uh, didn't have any idea what we were doing. Didn't know exactly what we were walking into, which was um, an interesting field to kind of navigate once we got there. But it, it really does happen so fast. And you just, you just have to hit the ground running. Uh, Kennedy, when you got to Auburn, what were two or the three of the biggest challenges, just for you personally, you know, whether finding a place to live or work related, it's up to you, whatever, you know, whatever comes to mind. Yes. So um, I'll do a professional and then personal. So um, one of the biggest things, the on-campus department, it relies solely on relationships with people. And so I had to lean in on the girls here. Bianca Webb is one of the most incredible people I've worked Love with. Love Bianca. Absolutely. So talented. Um, just like I, I was absorbing so much and learning from her those first uh, couple weeks. I sat back and let the girls kind of do their thing with running the on-campus department because that's never been an issue. They've got it down pat. We have the resources here to be successful. Um, so it was really just getting to know people at the same time, you know, from more of like the behind the scenes role, we're interviewing every single person on staff and figuring out who are you? What do you do? We weren't just going to walk in and clean house. We wanted to know these people and, and actually give them a chance to, um, you know, prove themselves to us. And so we were, I was definitely a little more behind the scenes doing that sort of um, side of things. One of the biggest challenges is we had, um, we came in and I guess I didn't realize how many visits we had left and <laughs> the number of visits we had left and the number of kids we needed to sign, they didn't match up. And so that was something that, um, you know, I wasn't expecting. We were blessed to be able to obviously receive those 14 visits back because of Coach Freeze, um, the new staffing, um, and 75% of the visits had been used. And then also the blanket waiver um, when the NCAA granted everyone an additional 14 visits. I don't know how we would have made it through without that because we did, gosh, we did the high end of 40 visits. In oh, we know. The I know you guys were in the lobby. I felt so bad. Like we just kept rolling them through, rolling them through. But it was it was a lot. It was fast paced, but I don't think we really had time to process all of it. It was just like you just go, you just do it. Um, and then from a personal perspective, um, I uh, obviously visas are are a difficult um, thing to navigate, and so. I wanted to make sure I was going about everything the right way when I did get here. Um, I did have a visa at, at Liberty University and I was transferring it to here. So I had to go back that first week amidst, you know, trying to move all my stuff here and get to know everybody, interview everyone, plan uh, two major official visit weekends. And then on top of that, I have to fly back to Canada and get my visa. So I flew back to Canada and I ended up getting deported casually. <laughs> a quick 48 hours. We got our story. Jack. Yeah, there so, it is. So that was fun. Yep. Um, very scary, very intimidating. Um, and it, it was it was a very simple, you know, they just wanted more detail in the job description. Um, but it it makes you like it, it's scary because you sit there and think, wow, I've been in the US for seven years now, and that might just be taken away from me. And you know, I can go back and work in the CFL, but my heart's in college football. And so it, it definitely was like it. I had this reignited passion for what I did being here, um, already being at Auburn University, being in the SEC. Like this is this is what everyone in this industry dreams of doing. But then having that almost taken away from me, um, it just really was, you know, it 
it reaffirmed that this is where I'm supposed to be. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I absolutely love it. Couldn't imagine doing anything else. How long did you get stuck up there? With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Um, God bless Matt Bevins. He was working literally round the clock because I was able to get an appointment two days later. It was 48 hours later, but you need original documentation. So they had to have wet ink on all of the new job letters and all that. So him and uh, Takesha, the HR department, they stayed up all night long writing this letter, making wow. sure there was no way it was going to be wrong, sending it off to Auburn Legal and, and everyone kind of taking a look at it, making sure it was good. All this During all this, I'm still planning an official visit. Coach had called me as soon as I got across the border and he's like, hey, Kennedy, uh, can you make sure you get so-and-so booked and, <laughs> and uh, get on the phone with him? I was not even two minutes away from like the border. I had just gone back and was going back to Canada and I didn't tell him because I just didn't want him to worry he had so much on his plate and then he called me that night when someone finally told him like hey you know Kennedy got deported right and he called me he's like are you okay and we'll be okay coach we'll get it done like don't worry about it making it like it's no big deal and here I am like panicking but um yeah it's okay how, how does that work do they come and get you and you're like you gotta go so I was already at um the border crossing, the port of entry where you apply for your visa. And the first person approved my visa, this, this, the supervisor kind of, he didn't really understand college football. He was saying I was, um, you know, I was hired by the university, but couldn't grasp that you're contracted through a coach. And so it was just, it was just, uh. but um, yeah, so they turned me away. They, they treat you like a criminal. They fingerprint you. They take your photos. It's like, it's Oh, there's weird. a mugshot out there, huh? Yeah, I guess someone <laughs> shot at me, but it was it was okay. Um, I was it was nice to be able to spend that time with my family too, and and slow down for a couple of seconds and just process what all was going on. So I'm thankful for that, okay. that brief moment of you know. I'm, I'm going to ask you some quick hitters at the end, but I know Jeffrey wants to know about official visits and things of that nature. So you you step in here, Jeff. Yeah, Kenny, you, you talked about coach calling you and wanting you to do this or uh, set up this guy for an official visit. Talk about what some of your responsibilities are. What are the, what are your top priorities here uh, at Auburn? Yeah. So I think that when um, I had moved into the director role at Liberty, we sat down and had a conversation about where I saw the on-campus department going um, and just in college football as a whole. And I think it's really difficult to have uh, the way I see the on-campus department is this divide between operational behind the scenes making the plan and the relational side of it where they are executing the plan they're building the relationships they're the face of the program at the forefront um and so i definitely love more of the logistical side of things i i love building relationships i love being around people but um what really like 
you know, gets me going is, is being able to be behind the scenes and put a plan in place. Cause there's so many moving parts when you're dealing with, with, um, that many kids. And so, um, that was kind of what I pitched to him. I said, I think we need to go this route where there are, there is a more clear divide between those two sides, um, which allowed me when I stepped into this role to do a little more of the administrative side of things. But, but here, you know, it's all hands on deck. You in everywhere in college football, everybody recruits. That's, I'm not saying I'm, you know, behind the scenes and I don't talk to anybody. We all recruit, but I can't be sitting down at a table, but this is the best scenario. I can't be sitting down at the table, making sure um, the car service is arriving. The food is going out on time. It's quality checked. It's it's going. Uh, everything's going well. People are sitting where they're supposed to be sitting, putting out any fires that arise because naturally they're going to arise um, and also be sitting and having a, you know, a genuine conversation with people and building relationships. So I think that when you allow people to to shine in that role where they are the ones that are sitting down, they're getting to know the families, they're building those relationships over time they're going to have more genuine conversations than me where I can't necessarily give my 100% undivided attention because there's so many other things going on behind the scenes. And so I think that that was one of the most successful things that we that we were able to do is kind of implement this divide. Now here we do have like, we're blessed that the girls on our staff can do everything. They can do either side of it. And so it's not that, you know, today I'm operational and tomorrow or today I'm always operational. It's today I'm operational, tomorrow I'm relational, and I fit wherever I'm needed. And that's how all the girls have this mentality as well. So um, that's been kind of one of the biggest changes, I think, in where I see this um, on-campus recruiting going. Uh, as far as itineraries for official visits, is there a different itinerary for, let's say, a grad transfer kid taking an official visit? as opposed to a high school kid, high school junior coming in this summer? Absolutely. Yes. I mean, we call those kind of business visits. You know, these right. guys are older. They're, they don't necessarily need the glitz and the glam, the showy. They're making a decision based on a lot of very different factors than maybe a high school junior who has a lot of time ahead of them. And so um, a lot of them, they don't care about the photo shoots. They don't care about... Um, Rolling Tumor's Corner. They don't, they don't care about all that. Uh, they care about sitting down. They care about meeting with their coach and building relationship in a short period of time. They care about where they're going to be living. Um, they care about those sorts of things. And so it definitely, those ones are usually a little bit shorter because we can, you know, cut out all the fluff. Um, and just, it, it helps too, because they're so on their game. They know what they want. They know what they, they've been through a four-year institution. And so it makes it a lot easier on us being able to get down. Like when you ask some of these um, high school kids, what do you want? They're, you know, they're focused on NIL or they're focused on, I want to do a photo shoot. And, and that there's, that's great. And we'll do that for them, but it's definitely not a cookie cutter mold when it comes to any of these kids coming on campus. There's going to be some that academics are like the most important thing to them. There's going to be some that say I'm an athlete student and I don't care about walking into that academic building. So, you know, we, we, that's what, that's where the relational side of things comes in. You have to build relationships, especially with the portal you have to build relationships fast and you have to get to know what's important to people and you have one shot to kind of knock it out of the park when they get here. And usually it's like, okay, we found out about you 24 hours ago and now we're bringing mm -hmm. you in. So um, it's fast paced and, and we want to make sure that it's tailored to them. It's not a one size fits all approach. Mm, good stuff. Keith, you, uh, yeah, a couple more things. And just, you know, we got to, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you a little bit about Hugh freeze. So yeah. you're around him probably as much as maybe anyone. Mm -hmm. What makes this guy, from your point of view, such an effective closer as a recruiter? Because we saw the closing ability those final few weeks in December. 
And I got to tell you, a lot of Auburn fans couldn't believe what they saw. So from your perspective, what, what's the magic sauce that this guy has that you work for? I mean, I do all of coaches' meetings. Like, I, I'll coordinate them, and I'll sit outside and, and let them know who's coming in next. And he is one of the best closers I have ever been around. He, um, I, I think it's because he knows – he has a very clear vision of what our culture is here, um, and he is very, very true to himself and very true to our program. And so if someone is not going to be a culture fit, it doesn't matter if you're a five-star recruit. If you are going to um, damage our program in some way, then then he doesn't want that. And so he isn't just about like telling people what they want to hear in those meetings. He is telling them, this is who we are, take it or leave it. And um, I think that's that works well because in the recruiting industry, there's so much fluff and there's so much of people telling you what you want to hear. And and I think for a lot of these guys, it's refreshing to just get like someone who's real and say, hey, I'm not going to be OK with this. And maybe this is important to you. This isn't important to us here. And so and these are the things that we do value. And as a program, we would expect you to buy into that. Are you on board? If not, then, you know, that that's OK. That's the with the portal and everything, you have to be transparent with kids because they're not going to be happy and they're just going to jump in the portal a year from now and you're back to square one. And so I think that he is he is does a very good job of seeing the long game and figuring out how we can get people to buy into our culture. In, um, so that's why I think he is just so good at what he does. In one sentence, I got to ask this too. What is your, you're, you're right at the top of the food chain here. In one sentence, what is your optimism level for this 2024 recruiting class? One or, or one word, you know, whatever. Keith, Keith asking somebody to sum something up in one sentence is. It's tough. I just, I would say that. High expectations. Everyone, yes. Everyone here knows what we are capable of achieving and they're not settling for anything less than that. Okay. And that is an exciting team to be a part of. A right. couple serious ones here, real deep here. Favorite CFL team growing up? Argonauts, I'm assuming? N yes, but um, I lived in Ottawa, so I was a Red Blacks fan. They, um, they kind of brought the program back when That's I was in Ottawa, and so that became my new favorite. But we definitely went to a lot of Argos games. All-time favorite CFL player, who would that be? Nick Marshall. Mm, no, my favorite. So that's funny because I don't have a favorite NFL team either, but really? I love seeing guys that I've worked with in the past and like know them. I was in operations before actually coming to the recruiting side of things. And so you get to know those guys. So my favorite players are always the ones that like I have worked with um, and I get to see their dreams come true. And that's just, that's so cheesy, but it is so cool to like, cause I feel the same way and they feel the same way about me when they see, when they see my yeah. job and um, that I moved here, everyone was reaching out. Like, we're so proud of you. This is amazing. This is what we've dreamt of. And, and so that's really cool. So I guess I kind of copped out because I don't have. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay. Hey, last one for me, you know, Kennedy, you're a big Maple Leafs fan. Yes. I live two blocks from where the Tampa Bay lightning play. They're big rivals right now. Oh, you tell me who's going to go further in the plus. Is this going to is is Toronto going to be the team that breaks this long Canadian winless Stanley Cup streak? Is this the year? Listen, <laughs> I can say yes. <laughs> Every time I am invested, they let me down and my heart breaks. And it's just 
I would, I'm going to say no, they're not going to, because then if they do, yeah, I'm no. really happy. And then if they don't, I'm like, well, I, you know, I saw this one coming again. So I, as a diehard Leafs fan, I will, I will hope that in my lifetime, I get to see them. If anybody, do you, do you have a Leafs jersey? Are people going to see you walking around Auburn in a Leafs jersey if they win anything? If we win, heck yeah. I will be wearing that thing to work every one, single day. One person parade through Auburn. With She'll the, go roll Summer's Corner. Uh, yes, yes, I'll go roll Summer's Corner. <laughs> Kennedy, thank you so much. That's it for me. Thanks, Thanks Kennedy. We really appreciate you joining us, folks. I know you enjoyed it. Thanks, Kennedy. We really appreciate it. Yes, take care, guys. Take care. Kennedy Harvey, Keith. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sharp. Man, when she's sharp. Talking, I'm thinking, Jeff and I can't remember something that happened five minutes ago, and she's multitasking a hundred things, and she's uh, she answers one question in four minutes where you and I would say, okay, what was the second part of the question? Right. Just rolled right into that like it was nothing. And, you know, you know if I had one more question, it would have been, if you couldn't multitask the way you clearly do just speaking with us, could you even do this job? Because she has so many things on her plate. She has so many things on her plate. And to be able to multitask and juggle all this stuff is, is really remarkable. When you see that, she's obviously much sharper than you and I probably put together, if we're being totally honest. Absolutely, man. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. <clears throat> and love what the, what they're doing. We, we've talked to AK now. We've talked yeah. to Kennedy. Uh, Ellie had the, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, Natasha, um, Bianca, all those girls on Kendall. Yeah. It's a, uh, a very impressive recruiting department. Yeah. We were Jeffrey, younger people that are like on ships north, you know what I mean? Like just headed, headed up, you know, catching yeah. the best. Yeah. Uh, well, good stuff, Keith. We appreciate, uh, certainly appreciate Kennedy joining us. Um, fantastic insight. We, uh, we'll be keeping track uh, of this recruiting class. Hugh, Hugh Free says it's the most important 2024 recruiting class will be the most important of his at Auburn. We'll be tracking it all at Auburn live on through. We appreciate everybody listening. We appreciate everybody watching for Keith, for Zach in the back. I'm Jeffrey Lee, man. Y'all stay at that left lane. See ya. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads Money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older in present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit KS Gambling Help 
Stop in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.